from the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Saturday, college football is here. It makes me tingly in the nether regions. FAU Charlotte Conference USA game in the opener in Boca Raton. FAU Stadium. It's going to be awesome. Is there anything cooler than a week of football titled Week Zero? I don't think no, so. No, absolutely not. Not opening day weekend. You know? Or Super Bowl. Week or Zero. like that. Week Zero. That's right. Getting in before the thing even gets started. <laughs> right. It's VIP. It's exclusive. <laughs> yes. That club. But I will be on the call of that game. Entering year 14. Wow. I am as the play-by-play voice of Florida Atlantic football. Can't wait for it. And I am going to get there via my beautiful blue Kia K5 GT. Love that car. Super sporty. Super fun. Enough room for the kids and the car seats and the entire thing. The radio equipment. And I got it from Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. Oh, Ken, why are you giving the website? You'll want to check out the selection. I got to be honest. If you just kind of show up to Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach, and say, I'm going to look for a car. I mean, it's so big and there's so much selection. I don't I don't know. It's going to, especially in this heat, it's going to take you a while to get through the, uh, the, the entire place to try and find that automobile. Do a little work. The ultra-organized website beforehand, Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach, so that when you get to Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach, Military Trail, half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport, you can enjoy that car buying experience. Ken, what do you mean by enjoy a car buying experience? I've heard you say that you hate the car buying experience. That's true. But at Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach, that was far and away the most pleasant experience I've ever had. You don't get accosted at the front door like some dealerships. We've got a swarm of people coming your way, like paparazzi. Like, no, it's one person. Oh, Mr. or Mrs., what are you looking for? What would you like? You tell them, hey, I need something for the family. Or, hey, I'm looking for something fuel efficient. This summer really kicked my backside with the gas prices. Or, I need something with room, but it's fun. That's the great thing about Kia. They got that selection. McGreenway Kia, West Palm Beach, they will help you find what you're looking for. And then it comes the part I really despise, and that's talking about money. At Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach, you don't have to fear that. Don't hide anything. Bad credit, it's fine. There's a credit clinic on site, bank reps on site. There's no judge in there. They're there to help you. Help you. Not judge you, not say, oh, I don't think this is going to work, but help you with that credit clinic. I've had bad credit before. I know how important it is to feel helped as opposed to judged, and they help you at Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com, Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach, Military Trail, half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport. That's Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. HBO Hard Knocks, the Lions. We're on what, like episode five or six right now? No, sir, two. Oh, it's two? Yeah, every Tuesday they come out. I thought it was, I thought we were up by, I, I don't know if it's just the amount of clips I've been watching from it or what. <laughs> um, so good, I'm only behind like two. Because yeah. I, I haven't I haven't caught a one in its entirety yet. So, um, but last night you had the first episode post a Dolphins pre or a Lions preseason loss, and Dan Campbell 
address the team. Now, what he did, I'll try and paint the picture here. Dan Campbell brought a pair of jeans that had dirt all over them, just covered in dirt. He he would lift them up, and you could see the dirt coming off of the jeans. It's like pig pen for peanuts. Okay, there was like a cloud of dust around it. All right. I apologize. Third season came out. I mean, third episode came out. Third episode. That's fine. Who cares? Um. So this was Dan Campbell's speech to his team after that loss. And the reason I want to play this is because Stone is, in this young age, and he's not far removed from his college football playing days, I still think you're a little bit of a sucker for inspirational locker room speeches. Okay? Inspirational speeches in front of the entire team. Dan Campbell, Detroit Lions head coach, this is him trying to be a bit inspirational last night, HBO's Hard Knocks. Here's the one thing, man, that just irritated me about last night. In the critical moment, we control that game. We had control of this game, right? We gave it away. Which, was that them or us? That was us, man. All the stuff that's been here that has kept us from winning. If we really want to go where we want to go, we got to get all the rest of this out of our stuff, man. All this dirt, everything that's in our team, this last bit of losing's got to get out of here. The that crushes us, that cost you a game, cost you a season, cost you the playoffs, cost you a championship game, cost you a Super Bowl. Like, that's the we got to get out, man. When we have a game and we own that game, we finish that game. Now, I think the messaging is obviously correct. The messaging is good. Dan Campbell certainly has an edge to his voice all the time. I covered the Dolphins when he was the interim coach. He commands a room because he's a big, hawking figure, and he has that, that, that very deep, tough guy voice. But despite the messaging, I thought it got completely undercut by him slapping a pair of pants around with dirt on them. Sometimes coaches do a little bit too much, and I think sometimes coaches can get theatric because they, they, they put themselves in a movie scenario where their words will inspire a team to victory, and they go too far with that. that I don't think this was that. I think the message was right. you got to take care of the mistakes. That's what keeps you from the playoffs. That's what keeps you losing games like the Lions have for the last several years. But the pants with the dirt, like why? Why? What's the point of that? That seemed a bit corny to me, but I'm curious what you thought as someone who has spent a lot more time in a locker room from a competitive standpoint than me. Yeah, I will get my take out in the open early. It was awful. Okay. So I started the episode. I heard it was really good. I was a few hours late to it. You know, I got group chats going. I got people texting me, hey, make sure you watch this episode. It's really good. So I'm excited. It's how the episode starts. And he, you mentioned the pants. He walks in. The pants are folded. You can tell there's stuff inside because he's holding them. Yeah. It's like, legitimate dirt that is being held in the pants because he folded them up. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it's chalk or baby powder. It's just to get a, that effect, it's sure. A, it's just a bunch of white stuff. Yeah. And it ends up, you know, circulating. He's got to, like, blow it away from his face. But the speech started off good, right? He's like, we know we just can't finish games. We just can't finish games. Which coaches say all the time. All the time, right? It's just the same speech as details. Let's be mm-hmm. detail-oriented. Let's, you know, not let the little things hinder us in the long run. So it was a good speech, and, and, and then he whipped out the pants because they were folded up, and all the chalk came out. And then the camera panned to the team, and then it hit me instantly. These are a bunch of 30-year-old men. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are 35-year-old men on this team. And I'm battling with it, right? Because I never, 
obviously got to that level in the NFL. I'm like, do these guys still get down with so this? So let me ask you then, would that work in a college locker room? Yes, it would work okay. in a college locker room. And that's kind of where I was battling with it because he said, who lost that game? Did they beat us or was it our fault? And then the, the team answered, our fault. And I'm like, oh, whoa. Like, you know, you, you can't treat them like a Pop Warner team, but, you know, maybe that's normal. You know, I, I, I'm – so I, I'm really battling all this. I didn't like it that much. He I, feels very college. He does. College personality coaching in the NFL. Now, the thing is, Dan Campbell is an NFL guy. Yeah. He, he has spent the vast majority of his pro coaching career or his coaching career in the NFL. So it's not like – He's just been a transplant from college, and he's trying to right. apply college coaching tactics to the NFL. He's been around it, but he ha- he gives off a very collegiate coach feel because of some of the the quirky tactics. Like I just For was sure. thinking like that, and I, it appeals to fans, football fans, because football fans hear that, and they, I love the intensity, I love the inspiration. I love the toughness of this guy. But what appeals to the fans and what allows a message to resonate with an eight-year NFL veteran are two entirely different things. And I think sometimes the fan doesn't understand that the veteran doesn't get off to the rah-rah speech anymore. Now, very good point. And I know how much you think I'm a meatball, but I am somebody... Who pays attention and to... you're intelligent. You were Division One quarterback. Super intelligent, I, I would consider myself. Like, I'm really observatory, right? Like, I notice people's, you know, facial expressions, body language, all this. Like, what's their intent? And I got the gist last night. If I was in that meeting, I would be thinking in my head, hey, don't patronize me. Like, like, like I'm... I, I'm so, it did come off patronizing. Like, I'm you. more than this. Like, don't... No. I'm not a little kid. Like, this isn't going to work. Why don't you just, you know... I. I does that make sense? It would have it would have worked on the the peewee field. It would have worked in the I don't know FAU locker room. Would have worked in the Southern Illinois locker room, or at least you could make a, a case for it. Mm-hmm. But in the NFL, it's a little bit different tact. I'm just curious because Dan Campbell's fascinated to me. It has become clear America wants him to succeed. I want him to succeed. But for as much as we talk about. Mike McDaniel being unconventional, I think Dan Campbell's more so. No, I mean, no doubt. No because doubt about it. Mike McDaniel, uh, he, he's not going to give a rah-rah speech, right? He's going to be very frank with his players, look them in the eye, communicate to them what's expected. But you know, you know Mike McDaniel's not capable of the walk into the locker room at halftime, throw a chair against the wall, MF everybody up and down, sure. and and do that whole thing, the, the uh, Al Pacino inches speech. Um, uh, uh, but, but Dan Campbell attempts the rah-rah speech. Sean McDermott doesn't give a rah-rah speech. He's very quiet. He's stern. He's, very, he's stern, but he's not going to be... Uh, let's go win it for so-and-so. He's not going to do that, right? The players largely police the locker room in that spot. Right. Dan Campbell, I think, is more unconventional than any other coach I think I've seen in the NFL. And I don't know how Matt Rule runs that Panthers locker room. He came to mind because he came right from Baylor. But I just don't know how that messaging resonates in a locker room. I'm sure at first some of the guys are like, hell yeah, this guy's intense. I like it. Let's go play for him. 
But I wonder if that starts to be grading to wear on a team like that. Yeah, I think Dan Campbell wants to lead by example. I think once he sees the results and the things that he constantly preaches come to fruition, then you can get on board with the corny stuff. When he says something rah-rah that then happens on the field, you earn credibility. He's not just spewing rah-rah stuff. Like I think he lives it. So therefore, you can buy into it because you know that's how he, you know, wakes up and goes to sleep. He's the same guy. So I think from that perspective, he's allowed to do it because his players believe that's what he thinks and that's how he acts. But you mentioned Mike McDaniel. That's more so how I get off. Using analogies, putting things into perspective, like allowing me to hear you and then translate it in my own and way for to my you like benefit. An adult. Talk to me like an adult. And Dan Campbell's not talking to them like adults. Bingo. He's talking to them like like South Fork. Like right. a high school football team. 100%. And I would honestly get out of my – I would get in my own head with that kind of stuff. Anytime I heard rah-rah, I, I instantly battled with myself. Like I had to block it out. And I hate to say that out loud, but, I mean, you're hearing it from a kid who was wearing a helmet on a Division One football field leading a team. If my coach got rah-rah before the game, I would personally block it out because I didn't want to feel like a loser. Let me ask you, though. So you said that it worked in college, and you have been very vocal, especially in light of uh, us talking about Manti Teo the other day. You weren't overly surprised that a guy like Manti Teo could beat Catfish because the vast majority of a college locker room were not talking about high IQs. Nope. We're, we're, I mean, you straight up said there are a ton of the good guys, but a ton of dumbasses in that locker room. Kid, kid-level brains yes, in those locker rooms. So... Dan Campbell would resonate with the kids. I, I'm sure to an extent as you get older and you're a professional football player, even if you're still a kid IQ, that does evolve, especially if you've had longevity in the NFL. I, I Do you think that just from that standpoint, maybe there are a couple of handfuls of guys in that Lions locker room that are kid IQ enough where that gets through to them, or have they even evolved out of that? It's a great question, but I think it comes down to where you're at in your life. And as a college student, you're waking up in a dorm room where the food is given to you at the cafeteria. You're told when to come to the facilities. And in the case of an NFL player, you're putting a ring on your woman's finger. You got kids on the way. You're paying rent. Right? You don't you got, need to see a pants trick. You, right. You got financial advisors. Like there's other things going on in your life. And then you show up to the facility and your guy whips out these pants with chalk in them and says, let's get out all the dirtiness. And it's like, Oh, God. So I mean, your issue is not the message. Your issue is like the the props. Yeah, it is. It is because I think you can use props correctly, things that resonate with guys' life. Like if you're somebody as a coach who came from nothing and was drinking out of a hose and you brought a hose in and be like, this is like how I drank for the first like 12 years of my life, like that might hit a lot of guys in the locker room because NFL guys tend to be guys who came from nothing, whether they're inner-city kids or just, you know, kids that are born in, in, in bad circumstances. So you can pull that off in that case because it resonates with guys. Like, you're relating to them. I just I, – I ask myself who is getting down with this, and I want to say offensive and defensive linemen, guys who just bang each other all day, mm-hmm. which Dan Campbell was. Yeah, sure. So I don't know. It's tough. I didn't like it, and and I was trying to read faces in the locker room, but, I mean, we're in the midst of guys trying to make the roster, so yeah. you've got to play the game right yeah. now. I, I, I think that there are only a couple of teams where that sort of stuff you can get. Like the Lions, how inept that franchise is, and how Danny Campbell inherited crap. That's a locker room where maybe you could get away with it initially. I agree. If they started to win, you can't do that. But, 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 it, but if you started to win, then... It, 
he like he earns credibility. I guess, but you're not going into that Dallas Cowboys locker room with Dak Prescott and Zeke and pulling off the pants trick. Facts. You're not do, you're not going into a locker room with Tyreek Hill Mm-mm. and pulling off the pants trick. Okay, you're no. not. Patrick Mahomes feels nothing when he sees baby powder flying off the pants that Dan Campbell's just whipped against the wall. Facts. I. That, that that's a really good point. I think maybe maybe this is an odd take, but I believe it to be true. I think guys more so get off with music, and, and that and that's funny. I say that, but I I've seen guys get more vote motivated in team meetings in locker rooms when coach walks in and makes jokes and plays this music and is wearing certain outfits. Right, he walks in with the Jays and it's like yo, that's my coach, and you get in a vibe. And then you get down to the locker room and Chief Keith's look going. You yeah. got. You got kid Cuddy banging. Or even a guy like Sean McVay. We saw him on Hard Knocks last year. There was never a speech of his uh, or an address to the team that lasted more than like three or four minutes. It was always, all right, guys. All right, mother bleepers. All right, let's mother bleep and go. Like let's. It's it's short. It's like Sean McVay. It's a great a little style. bit of red ass to him. It's a great style. And I love when speeches start off with, "Hey, I'm going to keep this short and sweet." Yeah, because you know he's going to hit you with the most important mm-hmm. points. Kind of the mantra. Here's three things. Bam, bam, bam. Here's the mistakes. Right there. Here's what's good. Right there. Let's go execute. Bye. Yeah, he says bam, 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 and then he backs it up with what's on the screen. So you know he's not lying. Like he did his research, and this is what he wanted to bring to the forefront. It's just I think that Dan Campbell, though, what he does is I think what a majority of NFL fans think NFL locker rooms or meeting rooms are like, and it's not. It's not like that, and he's unconventional. We want him to succeed, but I was just curious what you thought because you've lived it a lot more than me. When I covered the Dolphins, I wasn't privy to that stuff from Tony Sperano or Joe Philbin or anything, or Adam Gase, anything along those lines, but I know how the locker room works. I know how coaches address players. I definitely know how that works at the college level. Um, I can assure you, Lane Kiffin, and I was in almost all of those full team meetings before games, there was never any voices raised. Straight there was up. nothing like that. There were no props. It was very NFL-ish, coming from an NFL background like Lane had. Very professional. Very, here's what needs to be done. Here's what we need to do. We're going to win if we do this. We trust our guys. Mm-hmm. Here's the scouting report, and goodbye. Dan Campbell is, is the exception. He is not the rule in the NFL with coaching. I was just curious because, to me, it seemed to, a bit much. Yeah, I agree. There's one thing that hit me the other day. And if you haven't seen any of the beef going on with the University of Florida, the University of Miami, and Florida about State. Locker rooms? About locker rooms. Like the, how they look? How they look, right? So Miami. It's the stupidest thing. It, it, it is so stupid. And I bring this up because you just mentioned how fans don't really know what it's like in a team meeting or in a locker room. And they don't. They have no clue. So Miami just got a brand new locker room. I think it's called Dwayne you know, yeah. Johnson Locker Room, which is pretty cool, but it's narrow. Uh-huh. And Florida fans and FSU fans are teeing off well, on these Florida Miami players. Well, because Florida just opened a new facility with a new locker room. Right. So recently on one of the Miami players' Instagram, a video went around of guys sleeping on the floor and came across my timeline it's some of the most normal crap that I've ever seen in my entire life. There are plenty of pictures of me sleeping on the locker uh-huh. room floor. When fall camp comes around, training camp comes around, you don't go home. You don't go oh. to your apartment. You get off the practice field. You shower there. You go right to meetings. You go right to lunch. You go back to meetings. You're going back out on the field. You're doing this. You're doing that. If you're going to catch a nap. It's going to be in the locker room. So many teammates of mine brought in air mattresses and there's a there's a famous picture of the Alabama locker room with guys with air mattresses but I bring this up because the replies on 
these pictures and videos of guys sleeping on the floor in the Miami locker room are, oh, my God, they're making their guys sleep on the floor. Like, right. oh, my God, it's the but carpet. It's people and that I, just don't know football. Yeah, they haven't been in a locker room. Like, it scares me. I'm like, whoa, you guys don't know this is normal. And then you want to have a take on Dak Prescott and why he's a bad quarterback. It hits me hard. So, so how people interpret Dan Campbell's speech, it's really up in the air. And there's not one person who can peg if it's right or wrong. Right. Except you got to know your team. Exactly. And I doubt there are many of any NFL teams where that type of approach where you're bringing out props is going to end up being a winning a winning approach. Just real quick, and I don't think you know this, Dan Campbell, the first day he took over as interim head coach of the Dolphins after Joe Philbin got fired, he brought the whole team, an NFL team, into the bubble when they were still in Davie, and they did Oklahoma drills. An NFL team did Oklahoma drills. Think about that. That is Dan Campbell. I I wasn't surprised by the speech and the props because, again, he's an NFL guy with a college mindset. You don't do Oklahoma drills in the pros. You don't do Oklahoma drills in college. Not anymore. You don't do Oklahoma drills in high school. I I will say this. Howard Schnellenberger used to start FAU camp every year to lead into the season with Oklahoma drills, and you don't do them anymore because you want your guys to survive fall camp. You not only don't do Oklahoma drills in the NFL, you sure as hell don't do them in the middle of the season, which Dan Campbell was doing, right? And and if you could, just lay out exactly what an Oklahoma drill is for for those scoring at home. So the most basic yeah. version of an Oklahoma drill, you have one offensive lineman, which is typically the center, a defensive lineman, a quarterback, a running back, and a linebacker. So the quarterback takes this snap from the center, turns around immediately, hands it off to his running back. So now there's one offensive lineman, one defensive lineman, and the linebacker. So the offensive lineman and defensive lineman are supposed to handle each other, and then it comes to a one. linebacker meeting the running back. Uh-huh. So you're basically just bashing skulls right. from six yards so apart. So you can see why Oklahoma drills have fallen out of favor <laughs> as a training tool in football. Dan Campbell was doing that just over a handful of years ago, midseason in the NFL. Just think about that. So it's pretty wild. Don't be surprised by the speech, and don't don't be surprised if if the Lions start to lose the approach. How Dan Campbell addresses the team doesn't start to get questioned because that is through and through college. What he's doing that is not how NFL coaches generally address their teams. He's Stone the Banowitz, Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. From the Anajar and Levine yeah, Studios yeah. in downtown West Palm Beach, yeah, yeah. you are listening to Ken LaVica Live yeah, yeah. on ESPN 106.3. Ah, the fine folks from Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. They will take care of you. Dr. James Ross, surgeon, Baptist Health. He'll join us tomorrow per usual. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care is a team of skilled orthopedic sports medicine surgeons like Dr. Ross and specialists that specialize in surgical and non-surgical treatments to get you back to what you love. Don't put off seeing a doctor. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho today for more information. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians and leading-edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic, foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho. For more information today, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. 
Stone LeBanowitz, Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levicka. Uh, we've gotten a couple of messages. Where's Jeanette? Where's Jeanette? It's Wednesday. We're aware. Jeanette was supposed to be back today. She is back from Costa Rica, but uh, her dog Barkley, a little sick, a little under the weather. So, obviously, as Stone said earlier, family comes first. And so, Barkley's getting taken care of today. Hopefully, he's all good. And Jeanette will be in tomorrow, and we'll do our normal fun uh, with uh, with Jeanette. So, um, one one other thing about Dan Campbell. There was an athletic piece. Dan Pompey, uh, Dan pa- Pompey uh, wrote it, and it, he says the Lions head coach eats two to three pints of gelato a night. A night. Is there a reasoning why? Because he loves gelato. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's 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 the reason. Um, that sounds like something you would do. That's a lot of gelato. Like two to three pints? That fills you up, man. What's a pint? I know what a pint of beer looks like. Right, let me, I'll just show you like what, uh, like that. Now I need to see him do that because that is a lot of gelato. Yeah, he is. He pounds it. Now I am That's not. That's like you need a big spoon. Yes. You can't. It's just, more efficient that way. You right. can't use a baby spoon. I don't, um, I don't really. I'll take ice cream over gelato any day. Any day. I don't understand the allure of gelato over ice cream. Gelato is fine on its face, but if you can have two to three pints of ice cream or two to three pints of gelato per night, you're taking ice cream, right? Well, neither is a great option. (laughs) Neither is a great option because you cannot, for your health, humanly finish three pints of ice cream. It will just start seeping out of your pores. Let's just go low end here, okay? Low end two pints. All right. You don't think per night you could bang through two pints of of ice cream? No way in hell. Not even the Jimmy Fallon tonight or tonight dough. My favorite. I don't. I just. I don't like the texture of gelato compared to ice cream. It's too like thick for me. Yeah. Remember uh, Harbaugh? Jim Harbaugh. He he drinks milk. Every night, he drinks like a gallon of milk a day, he yeah. says. I, he, that even is, is... I think that's unhealthy. It's unhealthy? You can't drink a gallon of milk every day. That's not good for... Like whole milk or skim milk? I don't know. But it's the same Because what's the point of drinking... It, 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 all of the good stuff the in same milk is Dan in Campbell. whole milk. The same thing as Dan Campbell. He likes it. <sighs> Did, hmm. Does anybody like skim milk enough to bang through a gallon in one day? Nope. Because all the good stuff in milk is in whole milk. But you have to drink it in moderation because too much whole milk and you're getting pimply and fat. For sure. Okay. I think you just got to be a weirdo like the Glizzy Gobbler, the New York Yankee fan. Yeah. But other than that, I don't know who can do that. But 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 I am somebody who knows how uh, unwired or, or tapped out these coaches are. They live crazy lives. They oh live yeah, so crazy they're, just, lives. they're just launching things into their stomach. No, yeah. I understand. It's, it could, it's an unhealthy profession. Yeah, it's a very unhealthy profession. So it may be an stress and anxiety thing. It, like it's just a calming element. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. It could be. It could. But nobody likes skim milk enough to drink a gallon of it a day, half a gallon of it a day. Like I had a coach. He coached our linebackers at Southern Illinois, and every time I would leave my meeting room, if I was watching film one on one with my quarterback coach. I'd be leaving, and he was the next office. And I'm not kidding you. Every single day at 2.30, 
he'd be eating a peanut butter sandwich. And uh-huh. I, I mean, one piece of bread folded in half with peanut butter That's in it. good. I like that. I have that for breakfast every morning. And I'd be like, what's up, Cottonmouth, is what I started calling him, because <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I, yeah. Wait, so he had nothing to drink around him. It was just him I mean, the sandwich. Maybe he had a water. I mean, you got to get it down somehow. But these guys are just a little different than your average Joe. Two to three pints of gelato nightly. For Dan Campbell. And again, peanut butter sandwiches are good. You just need to have something to drink with it. And <laughs> and nobody likes skim milk enough to drink a gallon or a half gallon of it a day. No way. Not not a chance. Whole milk, I get it, but then that's not good for you. Did you drink a lot of milk when you were a kid? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did too. My kids don't drink a ton of milk. I I don't know how to like force it on them. I drank a ton of milk. I've only suffered three bo- broken bones in my life. Uh, three fingers, because I feel like I have, I have, uh, I'm calciumed, man. Yeah, that's where my parents got me. I feel like it was, you know, that Santa Claus is real is the same thing as, you know, milk makes your bones stronger. I know scientifically it does, but that's why I had it with dinner every night. Well, we, well, and that's, see, and, and I was going to say, we made fun of the dude sucking beer through a glizzy at Yankee Stadium, but I did some weird stuff as a kid mm-hmm. um, with food combinations. Like, objectively... Drinking beer through a hot dog straw is weird as hell, right? But I would drink milk with everything. I would have a microwave burrito at like age 12, and I would drink it with milk. I would make a plate of nachos. I would drink it with milk. Milk disgusting. Milk was literally all I drank up until age 15. I'm not even joking. And now I look back, and that's disgusting. Could you imagine in your stomach, like the the milk and the cheese coming together and the salsa and like the whole thing, the meat? That's gross. It would paralyze. Milk and meat together should not be consumed, but I did it all the time. Steak? Oh, there's some milk. Not good, but I did it. So that's why I didn't want to be too judgmental of the dude with the the, the glizzy straw yesterday because up until I was in high school, I was doing some weird stuff with food. That I'm not proud of in retrospect. Yeah, I was always force-fed beans once I became a quarterback because I think maybe a myth, maybe not. Get that but, weight up, man. But they have something that helps you grow taller in them. <laughs> I think that's a myth. I, you know, I think it is too, but I always I love had how beans. Stone explained it. I, I, I eat a lot of beans because something in it makes you grow taller. Yeah, that sounds like a load of crap. <laughs> well, thanks, Mom. Thanks, Dad. That's hilarious. Because they always fed me beans because they realized I wanted to play quarterback, and they realized how short I was and, and I was undersized. And so it didn't work at all. <laughs> You're the living proof it didn't work. I am the living proof that I did not get taller yeah. by eating beans. <laughs> Ah, uh, that is good stuff. Um, uh, I, I, I don't think that you're being served beans on the Bright Line. What you are being served on the Bright Line, especially if you get the premium seating, are some delicious light snacks and get drinking on Bright Line, especially this weekend if you're going down to Fort Lauderdale or Miami. That's right. I get the premium seating so I can go into the premium lounge at the West Palm Station if I'm going to the Heat game or I'm going to an Inter-Miami match and I'm going to get that aforementioned poured Pinot Noir in the premium lounge. Oh, there's another one. Thank you. They even will give me a second. I don't have to finish the first before I get a second. Thank you so much, Brightline. Then I get on the train and I get service at my seat, like first class on a plane. And... I ask again. Oh, I'd like the Pinot Noir, please. How about a snack, please? This is your third one, This sir. is my third one. My third. And I, the, the, the train hasn't even left West Palm yet, so I'm good. I'm kicking my feet up. I'm enjoying the free Wi-Fi. I'm enjoying Ooh. the air conditioning. I'm enjoying the fact that I don't have to sit in traffic 
I'm feeling no stress. I'm just enjoying Brightline with my Pinot Noir. You should, too. It is the only sane way to get through South Florida. Stations West Palm, Fort Lauderdale, Miami. Going to a Marlins game? Take Brightline. Going to go to a Heat game? Brightline. Going to go to a Dolphins game? Uh, yeah, just take Brightline, okay? go to the. Here, here's a little uh, uh, tip for you. What I would do, coming from West Palm, just go to Fort Lauderdale and take the rideshare to the Dolphins game. That's, that is the way to go with Brightline. GoBrightline.com, the free Brightline app. It's GoBrightline.com and the free Brightline app. Um, what is going on with Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy? I get into the station today. And I start seeing this breaking news that we're going to have Monday night golf coming up. This is the weirdest thing that I have ever seen. Okay? So we all know that Liv and the PGA Tour, they're at odds. The PGA Tour is feeling the heat because there's consistent, a consistent stream of players, known players that are going to play for the Liv Tour. It's a problem. And the PGA Tour has been trying to figure out a solution to this entire thing. Okay? So, uh, the PGA Tour, we already knew they're going to elevate prize money for eight events. Uh, There's going to be the Player Impact Program, which is basically how many likes can you get on social media? Uh, We'll give you money for that. It's kind of nonsense. But the purses have gone up. That's how the PGA Tour has responded, trying to retain players, keep them from going to the Live Tour. Doubled them. Yeah, uh, doubled them. Absolutely. Travel stipends, the entire thing. They're going to uh, put greater onus on specific tournaments and really try and give it a, a true playoff feel. But then there's this, because the PGA Tour is going to be working in conjunction with Tiger Woods and Rory McElroy. They have started a company, Tiger and Rory, and they have created something called the TGL. What does that mean? What is that an acronym for? The Golf League. Oh, I, I, I hadn't found that yet. I was thinking Tiger Golf League, but that, I mean, that's better. I think it's The Golf League. It's either that or Tech Golf League. Ooh. So what is this? On Monday nights, starting January 2024, you're going to have Monday Night Golf. Where? They don't have a, a, a network for it yet. I'm sure it's probably just going to be a Golf Channel thing. It would be incredible if they could get an actual major American uh, uh, TV network to do it. I don't know. But it's going to be six teams of three PGA Tour pros. Six teams of three PGA Tour pros on Monday nights, 15 Monday night matches in what's being called a first-of-its-kind tech-infused venue. Here's what it looks like, the renderings of this venue. And correct me if I'm wrong with any of this, okay? If you've seen the movie Basketball, Stone hasn't. If you've seen the movie Basketball, the stadiums they play in in basketball, it looks like this, okay? Except it has a screen that you would hit into with a driver like you're at Dave & Buster's, mm-hmm. okay? And then it has about 35 to 40, foot, uh, 40 feet of uh, fairway to fringe to a green that supposedly has all sorts of technology under it where it can... It can uh, give you how far you are away from the hole. It can give you all of these statistics and all of these technological readings in this basketball-style arena. And Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy are going to be part of this TGL, this technology-based golf league that's going to be part of Monday Night Golf, six teams of three playing against one another on television. 
that on its face, it seems okay, but it seems like the PGA Tour's been saying, "Oh, we need stuff that that matters. We need stuff that matters. We we don't. We're not into exhibitions. We're not into fifty-four holes." And now they're going to make a big part of their push to fans being these exhibition matches where they're hitting balls into a screen. Like something doesn't add up here. It seems fun as a concept to have fifteen of those to have this a regular occurrence. I'd rather watch mini-golf. I'd rather watch the Steph Curry show. Now, <laughs> I personally would not rather watch mini-golf, but I, I do get the sense that they're trying to pull off watching holes of golf without moving. And what I mean by that is if you do show up to a golf tournament, you're walking hole-to-hole to, hole to follow your guys, right? Like you're walking 300 yards with the golfer to watch him hit a second shot. Now, I think with the screen, you're just enabling somebody to sit in a seat They've got and they've got seats that are, according to the renderings, that are lining this circular play kind area. Of like, kind of like a coliseum. Yeah. Almost. Like basketball. If you've ever seen it, you need to watch basketball. You have to. You what have is to basketball? see basketball. Basketball is the story of a sport that is made up by the creators of South Park. Uh, oh. where you get drunk, you get wasted. It's a massive ball, but it's painted like a baseball. You can hit home runs. Uh, it's a whole thing. It's very raunchy. It is massively R-rated. It's one of the greatest movies ever made, starring Bob Costas. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I'm a big Bob guy. Yeah. So just trust me. And in the movie, the greatest, his greatest line, he's talking about his nipples. Okay? Okay. So I'm just telling you, basketball, you need to see it. And you'll, you'll see that it looks exactly like this Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy hit the ball into a screen golf league that's going to premiere in January 2024 and be featured on television on Monday night. I don't know. Initially, I just feel like I could go to Dave and Buster's and do the same thing. I don't have to sit at home and watch Tiger and Rory and a bunch of other tour pros do it. Like I need to, I need to get a feel for why this should appeal to me, the golf fan. The, the PGA Tour and golf fans are going to make fun of Live Golf. 54 holes, shotgun starts, ruining the game. Nonsense. And then what is part of the PGA Tour approach is to have guys on a computerized mat hit the ball into a screen and compete while doing it. It just feels like the PGA Tour doesn't want to admit it, but they're being influenced more by live than anybody, anybody thought, whether it be the money and now whether it be the... The, the massively experimental approach to golf entertainment. This isn't golf. It's golf entertainment. That's what it is. What they're going to do on Monday nights on, on presumably national television is something you could do with your buddies at Dave & Buster's. It's Stone Lebano. It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive. On ESPN 106.3. All right, I did some research in the break. I've got some updated Jim Harbaugh milk news. Because I don't know an adult that drinks a ton of milk. He drinks a ton of milk to the point where it appears to be unhealthy. But let me tell you about EDS air conditioning because it's unhealthy if your air conditioning goes down. Okay, if your AC is out, then you may be desperately hoping for a ton of cold milk to keep you cooled down until someone can come fix your air conditioning. And that 
someone or something is EDS Air Conditioning. EDS is, yes, a train comfort specialist. It's hard to stop a train. That's EDS Air Conditioning. Yeah, they've been doing a while, 2006. They're family-owned and operated. Servicing Palm Beach County and surrounding areas is pretty simple. If your air conditioning goes down or it's struggling, you want a place that's going to set up appointment times around your schedule. That's what EDS does. EDS is yes. EDSairconditioning.com. That's EDS Air Conditioning. EDS is yes. EDSairconditioning.com. All right, so back in 2016, Jim Harbaugh, during a press conference, said, quote, we don't drink any of that candy-ass skim milk or 1%. We won't have any of that. He's a whole milk guy. He loves whole milk. He thinks that his offensive linemen should absolutely drink it, that it's going to help them with calcium in their bones. He's a huge proponent of it. So he he does try to drink close to a gallon of milk a day. There are pictures of him drinking milk with steak. Like we said, milk with meat is a gnarly combination. Should be illegal. A gnarly combination. But I'm telling you, dude, I would eat it with nachos. I would eat it with microwave burritos when I was a kid. But my st- I don't know how his stomach handles it. That's the thing. I might still do it, except my stomach would reject it immediately. Do you eat meat with milk? We'll find out tomorrow. That's Stone. I'm Ken. Bye.